say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the great Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It is Thursday. I say for my own knowledge, I'm sure you all know what day it is, but uh, we got to keep ourselves honest, figure out what day we got. We, you know, the Monday basketball game, It's there was a game a while ago. There's not a game for a couple days. We'll try to reinsert ourselves into the hoop scene a little bit today. We're on the air just a, like a minute or two late today because Polly doesn't know time zones, but that's okay. Interesting interview there to end Orange Nation with Howard Denerov, the uh, executive producer of all things Old Westwood One, of what they got cooking uh, for the Super Bowl. Hey, you could have gone longer, Paulie. I'm good. I would have listened to that. That was uh, good stuff with Howie. Q Scrad and uh, everything that goes into putting the Super Bowl on where? On this very radio station. Where you are listening right now, you'll be able to hear coverage of the Super Bowl a week from Sunday. So that'll be uh, pretty cool. Uh, right here. If you wanted a women's basketball Super Bowl doubleheader, nowhere else will you find it. But right here on ESPN 97.7 in the queues. Sorry, folks in Utica. But glad to have you here wherever you may be in the queues, Utica, Rome, and wherever you feel like being today on QSportsTalk.com. We welcome you in on this Groundhog's Day. Six more weeks of winter. Who would have thought there'd be six more weeks of winter from February 2nd? It feels like winter finally started. It's actually cold out. That's... As cold as it's been all, all winter here uh, today. You know, I, I'm sure I probably know somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain why today is Groundhog's Day and not like a day that's actually close to the end of winter. You know, we're going to go through six weeks and winter actually still won't be over yet. So, uh, yeah, no duh. Winter's not over. Settle in, people. We're here with you. Lots of college hoops today. There's some Groundhog's Day for you. We'll be talking about college basketball on the show today. They had to get Luke Hancock on the show today. His Louisville Cardinals have won an ACC basketball game. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. Louisville has won. The worst team in the league has beaten, I don't know, the second worst team in the league in Georgia Tech, but Louisville with the win last night. Luke of ACC Network will tease him about that a little, but uh, he'll join us at 2.30 today. Always good to chat with Luke about all things ACC Basketball and a, a name that harkens back to the Big East. And when dinosaurs roamed the earth and when Boston College was good at basketball, Donye Abrams, who was on uh, their early 90s teams that uh, made a run in the tournament in 1994, and now does the uh, color analysis for the Eagles basketball broadcasts on the radio. He will join us today at 3.30. We'll you know, spin it forward just a little bit to the game on uh, Saturday. Houston, the Eagles from Chestnut Hill, Conti Forum, 5 o'clock tip time on uh, Saturday. So uh, we'll do that uh, later on in the show today. And uh, don't don't go away. If you if you have, have like a home project of any sort, or thinking about a home project, like building stuff in your house, there, there's a big, giant, massive home show at Turning Stone this weekend where you can find out like everything you might possibly ever maybe need to know about doing stuff to your house, around your house, near your house, for your house. I've got tickets. They can be yours. Like if you got to go pay for the tickets, then you'll have less money to fix your house. If you want free tickets, I'll have those. Stay tuned to the show. We'll do it later, not now. You have to stay tuned. We will do that later. So that's the show today. Luke Hancock 
at 2.30. Danya Abrams at 3.30 talking hoops. But uh, this thought occurred to me on this sacred holiday that is Groundhog Day. Shout out to the movie. I did once see Bill Murray at an airport. It was just a wild scene. Like, if, if you'd ever thought whatever you thought in life Bill Murray would do if he was just wandering around, I forget if it was JFK or LaGuardia, hopping off a plane, I believe he was in from Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. It was definitely one of the two. Somewhere. Fancy pants like that. Like, literally by himself, wearing like a Panama hat, just wandering around. Here, there, and everywhere. Confused teenagers wondering why their parents were interested in this tall, slightly bemused-looking man. I don't know. Just watching Bill Murray walk around an airport, I could have done that for an hour and a half. And nearly did. But here on this Groundhog's Day, it feels like sports is Groundhog's Day now. For the simple reason that we've been watching the same people do the same thing for years and years. Brought even more into focus by yesterday's Tom Brady re-retirement. Retirement 2, Electric Boogaloo. As he preempts Groundhog's Day on the first every year, Tom Brady disappears into the shadows, then the next day the Groundhog sees his shadow. But Tom retiring on the same week, likely that LeBron James is going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA's all-time scoring record. You know, a week after Novak Djokovic won the Australian Open yet again for the 10th time in an era of tennis that has seen four people with Djokovic and Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer and Serena Williams just win again and again and again and again and again and again. Not that I'm complaining about it because... At least the things that are happening over and over again are the entertaining stuff, are the people you want to see, are the all-time performers. But man, like the greats don't leave anymore, making yesterday unusual. Tom Brady has been there essentially every day, save for a month and a half last year, for the last two decades. LeBron James has been in our basketball lives since he was in high school. It's almost 20 years now. All those tennis players I mentioned. For 20 years playing tennis, he used to be, you know, hey, here's John McEnroe, shooting star, and he's gone. And now he's on TV. Golf's a little different. Careers are longer. But speaking of Phil seeing their shadow, like Phil Mickelson winning a major a few years ago north of 50. It's Groundhog Day in sports every single day out there, uh, be it because of you know, nutrition and fitness and the advances in that, people taking it more seriously. And, you know, this could go one of two ways. The money in sports is so increased these days that you could see people cashing out earlier. Well, I've made enough. I don't need to do this anymore. Or the money is so great. Well, we're making so much. Why stop? But it's kind of wild. Like, we just keep watching the same thing over and over and over again. It's not bad. It's not good. It's what it is. And I'd say this, at least if we're going to watch the same thing over and over and over again with people like that, with Brady and LeBron and Serena and those types. And Serena retired, you know, a year ago, but that was after 25 years of being the best at what she did. It's a whole new era. It used to be, you better catch the shooting star while you had a chance or 
when players hung on that long, they were it was, you know, the Willie Mays shell of himself. It's just interesting. I'll be interested to see how this is going forward. Are we going to start seeing more of these LeBron James type careers? Not that they'll be one of the greatest players of all time, but somebody, you know, if they play 15, 20 years professionally, that that won't be looked on as wild. That'll just be, yeah. Yeah, they're still here. Or are we in a unique era that we should be appreciating more as it happens with a quarterback who played at a high level till he's 45? With a guy in the NBA that's going to play long enough that he's still going to be an all-pro by the time his son is in the league in a few years. That there can be an all-James backcourt somewhere. I don't know. I just find this kind of kind of interesting here on Groundhog's Day where you wake up again and everything starts exactly the same as the day before. It's been the, the sporting world in uh, many ways here for the last... Uh, 20 years. It's been our lives in Syracuse basketball on kind of the other side of the coin. Like, not everything was great in the movie Groundhog Day. There was a lot of dropping toasters in the bathtub. We've been bashing our heads against the wall with the same stories. We heard Jim Beheim on Orange Nation a, a little bit ago responding to his Monday press conference whatever you want to call it. But uh, there's been hand-wringing and hair-pulling and national coverage and this, that, and the other thing for uh, you know a press conference that I don't think anyone's filing under things that were great. But I can certainly file under something I've seen again and again and again before. Is that something you want to see? No. No, probably not Not ideal. Not really want you to be putting it out there. Is it a way to defend it? No. We've seen it before. I mean, we've spent the last month to be... Should, where, where should, which bench should Joe Girard be sitting on? Which Sienna should Joe Girard be playing for? Why shouldn't Judah Mintz not be taking the last shot? So hopefully our Syracuse Groundhog Day turn, turns around here. Uh, for a little bit uh, sometime soon because we've been uh, stuck in the muck here for the last few weeks with with those things. While we see the, uh, you know, the the more positive things that happen time and time again float by with the, you know, LeBron James triple-double the other night and it overtime went over the Knicks as he chases down Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to score the most points in NBA history where yesterday Tom Brady uh, goes out and can celebrate seven Super Bowl wins in 21 years starting as a quarterback in the NFL. Where, and uh, not the most popular guy in the world right now, where a week ago Novak Djokovic wins one of the major tournaments for the 10th time. Where these things happen again and again and again and are no less amazing every time they happen. We, we, we're we having things happen again and again and again here. It's like, all right, Mel, maybe something else can happen now. We're stuck in the part of the movie that you're like, all right. And... And can the bum on the street corner stop dying? Try the soup. That'll help. Hey, doctor, can you do something for this guy? Well, maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday's game will give us a, a new a new little storyline, a new little something to uh, think about on this 
Groundhog's Day as we can progress deeper into the season. It'll be kind of interesting to see where this Orange basketball season goes. Ranked teams are waning. The Orange have struggled against ranked teams. Mike Waters always has an interesting nugget on Thursdays in Mike's Mailbag on Syracuse.com, and today was no different. Somebody asked about the Orange's record against ranked teams of late, and uh, Mike looked up. They're 4-17 and now against ranked teams in the last four years. Not good. Not good. The good news in that number, for this year's Orange basketball team anyway, is that things are going to change. We will see something new. And now we won't see ranked teams anymore. At least as of right now, the Orange only play one more the rest of the season. So perhaps that can change into some wins uh, the rest of the way. And maybe a little something. The Orange will head to Boston College, a team they've already beaten. Duke and Carolina play this Saturday night. Neither of them are ranked. That's not Groundhog's Day. That's something new. So while, you know, the big bold face things have remained the same for so long, sometimes you can miss the undercurrent of things changing. Duke and Carolina playing unranked? Didn't they just play in the Final Four? Yep. Well, what do Coach K and Roy Williams and Dean Smith have to say about this? Nothing. Nothing. So it's definitely a world here of like the more things have stayed the same for longer and longer and longer than they ever used to, the more it's allowed things to change in the background. Well, this is Syracuse. No, it's the more things have stayed the same. Jim Beheim, 47 years. Like a lot can change during 47 years. The more we're looking for something new here this weekend, maybe for the Orange to, dare I say, figure out a way to close the game down the stretch, which has been an issue at least for the last couple weeks, albeit against the better teams of your schedule. A significant caveat. So we'll see. We shall see. We'll play back a little bit of uh, Jim's uh, conversation with Stephen Pauley from an hour ago on Orange Nation. We'll do that uh, in a bit. Luke Hancock, ACC Network, he will join us today at 2.30. Get Luke's thoughts on all things ACC. Always uh, good to chat uh, with Luke. And again, his Cardinals breaking news. His Cardinals... His Cardinals, hang on. The Louisville Cardinals have won an Atlantic Coast Conference basketball game. More breaking news as events warrant. Louisville has won a game. I knew they'd get one this year. Will they get two? I don't know. That that might be a bridge too far, but uh, looking forward to talking to Luke at uh, 2.30. And we can officially turn the page toward the next Orange basketball game coming up at 3.30 when we'll be joined by uh, Donye Abrams. Uh, we can turn the page in either direction. Uh, with Donye, he played the Orange all back in the day. And that day was the early 90s. He is about the same vintage as, uh, you know, Adrian Autry, Lawrence Moten. He was around in that, uh, that neck of the woods. We'll see if he has any, you know, memories of his old tussles with the Q's back in the day and uh, what what this year's BC team has done. BC had a huge win the other day. Knocked off Clemson. That was an uh, ugly game. <laughs> that was going on. Like Clemson was playing BC at the same time as Virginia Tech was playing Miami on Tuesday night. So it was doing the old flip back and forth and you flipped over the one game in Boston and nobody was scoring the points. And then in the other game, Nigel Pack for Miami scored literally 17 points in less than five minutes. It was the darndest thing. We'll ask Luke about uh, all that. We'll certainly ask Donye about his experience at the big win for the Eagles. That was, uh, without question, their biggest win of the season. And it came this past Tuesday against, at that point, and still today, uh, the number one team in the ACC as far as conference record, as the Tigers at this moment are 10-2. Virginia, though, has caught them in the loss column. They are 
uh, 9-2. and two. So we'll see all about that as we roll along. With that, we'll take a break on the program. Uh, when we come back, a little bit of Jim Beheim from earlier today on Orange Nation. Luke Hancock coming up at 2.30. And tickets to the home show at Turning Stone this weekend. They are free. You want them, people. Cool stuff out at the Stone. We'll give them away uh, later on this hour. All to come here today on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, what have we done on the show today? It is Groundhog Day. That means things happen again and again and again and again and again. We talked about the good, bad, and otherwise. The good, like Tom Brady, LeBron James, the greats go on forever. The bad, (laughs) we're talking about the same Syracuse things non-stop for the last few weeks. Hopefully, things will freshen this weekend. We'll get into that momentarily. And we chatted for a good long while with ACC Network's Luke Hancock. Always good to chat with Luke. We hit the bottom of the league, his Louisville Cardinals. That finally got a win in ACC play, beating Georgia Tech last night. And we hit the top of the league, Virginia, and all stops in between, including uh, the Orange. Always good to chat with Luke, and I'm sure we will do so yet again before we get toward the end of the season. But right now, we welcome you into the second hour of our program today here on QSportsTalk.com, wherever you might be. If you're listening on the radio, in the Qs, Utica, Rome, and all points in between. Glad to have you in here on this chilly Thursday in central New York. Bundle up. Stay warm out there, people. Well, we're talking Qs basketball. And we're looking ahead. Qs in Boston College later this week. Eight games left now on the Orange schedule. As we, I don't know if I want to call it the home stretch yet. That might be a, that's a long, it's a long stretch to be the home stretch starting now. But, you know, we're into the final month of the season. The regular season ends uh, one month from today, March 2nd. That's the whole uh, Wake Forest game. Actually, that's March 4th. So I'm even jumping the gun on that. We're, we're jumping the gun on the whole thing, but. March 4th and Wake, that's the whole Jerry McNamara hack thing. Jersey retirement, all that good stuff. But eight games remaining. Eight games remaining. And we've bemoaned the lack of ability of the Orange to uh, you know, beat a volume of ranked teams recently. Last four seasons, three and a half, three and whatever percentage of this season we are. Uh, the Orange have won just four games against ranked teams and have not beaten a ranked team since the bubble tournament a couple of years ago where they beat West Virginia. Made it to the Sweet 16 and all that good stuff. That was the last one. They've beaten plenty of non-ranked teams. Well, you want to say, okay, a tournament and whatever, quad wins, this and that. Yeah, we're not in that business right now. But the Oranges can still be in the business of winning more basketball games here. Eight games left on the schedule. 
and talk about struggles versus ranked teams. The Orange only play one more currently ranked basketball team. Now, you know, it's possible. Could Duke be in the rankings a few weeks from now when they get here? Yeah, sure, they're Duke. Duke is never far from being ranked. Could Pitt be in the rankings by the end of February? Uh, Yeah, they could be. Clemson is the only team left on the schedule that is currently ranked. That game is coming up Wednesday, February 22nd. And that said, Clemson, while 10-2 and in the league, uh, they lost the other day, and they were only 20th in the country before they lost. It's entirely possible it could go the other way, and that Syracuse could play zero more ranked teams this season. The ACC has depth this season, but depth at the lack of high-range talent. Depth at the lack of top-of-the-country teams. Yeah, Virginia is a top 10 team right now, but this is not a year where the ACC is just, you know, stacked on, stacked on, stacked. So the Orange will have their chances here. We talk about the close losses of late. Well, the close losses of late, Miami, Carolina, and Virginia, those are teams all considered to be upper echelon in the league. Now, the blowout loss to Virginia Tech is on one hand, in theory, one of the more talented teams in the league, and on the other hand, it is a team that's a record indicates otherwise at the moment. But for the most part, the Orange have been, you know, in it with a chance against anyone in the league this year, and they'll be coming up in what appear to be a series of fair fights that are looking at us over the next month. With this remaining at Boston College. Well, they've already beaten Boston College. At Florida State. Florida State has not looked very good. Versus NC State. Well, NC State's looked pretty good, and Terquavion Smith is a dynamic scoring player. But home game, Valentine's Day night in the Dome, there's nothing that says you can't beat NC State. Duke in the Dome on a Saturday. Yeah, Duke is Duke, but at the same time, are they Duke this year? Not as much. At Clemson. That's going to be a tough game. Like, realistically, that's the toughest game. At, at Clemson, at Pittsburgh, back-to-back. That, that, those are tricky games, but neither unfallible. And then you wrap up with Georgia Tech. You've already gone there and you know beaten them by 17, and then Wake Forest uh, to end it on a day where emotions will be high uh, in the Dome with uh, the Jersey retirements of both Jerry and Hack. So we sit here looking at it, at a list of games that, well, yeah, have the Orange struggled putting games in the win column of late? Yes. But the eight opportunities remaining, there are none sitting out there right now. None of them that are like, whoa, that's impossible. With that, let's go to the phones. Always good to chat with Scooter in uh, Jamesville. Scooter, welcome. What's on your mind today? Well, first of all, congratulations. The the man that knows, I, I would, the only reason I was watching the uh, Davidson-St. Louis game Friday is because of that. and. I was crossing my fingers because with about four minutes to go in the first half, it was looking pretty good because both teams were scoring, and nobody scored for the last four minutes of the first half. So, congratulations! I see Mario went four and two. I think. And, yeah, he he did. Which yeah. you know, that's two out of three weeks. Mario's gotten in the win column, so he's he's yes, refining indeed. his groove here. Yeah, you know, he, you know, I, I was getting like I, said, I was getting worried. I thought maybe he was down maybe to a single can of Jenny Jenny Cream Ale or something like that instead of a six pack. But I'm kind of glad. I want, one, one quick thing about football. I, I guess it was a myth. I, I thought that Yankee Stadium was the house that Babe Ruth built, but I didn't realize it was the house that Syracuse and Pittsburgh football built. Uh, you know, playing in 1923. Uh, 
I, I have a problem with it, basically, because I keep hearing about the alumni. we got to, you know, satisfy them down there. But you know what? We've been down there, what, five or six times playing in the area, like, you know, like USC, Notre Dame a couple times in Penn State. And the it, it felt like a visiting game. I mean, the alumni doesn't show up. Now, if they have guts, you know, they want to move the Duke-Syracuse basketball game down to Madison Square Garden. I'm sure the alumni will love that. But to me, uh, taking uh, a game away from uh, a team that might need the win to you know to be you know, at least be a bowl eligible, I I, I don't I, I guess it's economics, but I just don't see it that way. But that's just me, you know, being a football fan and stuff. Where there's only I don't care if there's seven or eight. That basically is only seven home games the rest of the whole season. It's not like basketball when you got eighteen or nineteen. You take one and move them down, or who cares? You know. Yeah, I, I say so, scooter. I, I can promise you the Duke game is never going to get moved down there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Cause, cause that's the, what I'm saying. To take guts there, that one. That uh, I, I don't know how much money they would offer Syracuse to do that. Uh, they, they'd have that, to offer. A, yeah, they'd have to offer a lot for that one to make economic sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm sure the pick gate. Like obviously, there's money that goes into it. That's the only reason. <laughs> And something like this makes uh, makes sense, and you know I'm sure Dino will say all the right things about it. But Scooter, you're right; like he only has one home game now, basically for a, a two month stretch there in the middle of the yeah, season, uh, exactly. and, and that could be really tough. Like a guy that you know, legitimately, he'll be fighting for his job next year, right? It, and also take a look at the record when you play away down there. I don't trying to think outside of uh, opening up against Wisconsin one year. And you know when, when they used to have those kickoff classics, I don't remember Syracuse winning a game like that down there. I remember all the way go all the way back to Tom Aranovich in nineteen ninety. We were down there, so just to me, if we're if we're winning on the road and it's actually a home field event, so be it. But it's almost like you know Pittsburgh's going to be loaded this year, and here we go again. Quickly about basketball. To me, um, I, I, I just don't see it, Brian. I mean, you just got done talking about the games left, and I mean, how many now? How many thirteen and ten teams are actually talking about the bubble or, or the tournament right now? Oh yeah, uh, no, I, I don't think it applies to the tournament. I, I think it's just more like yeah. can, can this team win some games just for the sake of winning the games right now? Right, right. But I, I, right now, I'll just be looking to where we're going to be going tournament time. So, you know, we have a path to the uh, the championship like Virginia Tech did last year because that's what I, I see it. I think, to be honest, I think the best team is Pittsburgh right now. Uh, and it's amazing because they because they basically have all new starters from last year. And that's my big uh, thing about the landscape of basketball. I keep hearing how Syracuse is young, but you better look at the landscape of basketball. It's gotten to a point where if you're good, there's nothing for you to be past your sophomore season. And that means you don't develop anymore. Everything's potential. And I, I mentioned about the zone. I keep hearing, well, given time, we're going to develop the zone. Well, are they going to be around here long enough to develop the zone? And that's why maybe a lot of teams just play man to man because every year you're going to hit, you're going to have new new faces anymore. And I I just don't see the zone. And we just saw Virginia Tech just light it up uh, the way the game's played. I just think that's kind of you have to have something besides the zone now. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, Scooter, th- thanks as always for the call. It'll be interesting to see who's uh, you know who's still here next year to to you know provide the value of having people together. Like Pittsburgh has veterans because it's all transfers for the most part. They're new to each other, but, you know, we, we saw it in the Dome. They, they really started clicking there in many ways in that game in the Dome right before Christmas, and they've, you know, got a big win the other night against Carolina and they had a little uh, little uh, back hallway kerfuffle with the Cable Brothers, a little 
little yelling and uh, celebrating whatnot. But, you know, yeah, Pitt's playing really well right now. I don't know if I'd put them over Virginia, but they're certainly right up there. They're right up there at, at the top of the league. And, uh, yeah, Scooter, I'd say, as I said, my point is more that they aren't have a chance to win these games. Like, is it going to move them into position to make the tournament? No. But as we sit right now, I think we talked about it with Luke. I think there is going to be no runaway favorite to win the ACC tournament. Even if Virginia does whatever. Even if they win out. Like, they're not infallible. They don't blow people out. Like, they're going to be in grinders, and you can lose a grinder. That you need to be... The top nine teams don't have to play on day one of the tournament. Like, winning five in a row, that's a lot. Winning four in a row, now that's been done. Like, when Syracuse did it with Jerry, it was new and exciting. Now it's been done. And it's been done a reasonable amount. Virginia Tech did it last year. Like, it is possible. So you got to be in the top nine. Right now, the Orange are tied for eighth. Tied for eighth and ninth with Wake. So you got to stay in that position. So you got to win your share of these games. Because if you fall to that first day, if you get stuck playing on the, the Tuesday snooze fest afternoon in Greensboro, like you don't get to have thoughts of happy fun times of making a crazy run. You don't get to have those. But if you can at least stay in the upper half of the league here, and it's not even the upper half, the upper half plus a few, now you got a shot. At least all those teams are going to think they have a shot. Where in most years, you'd say, well, we have a shot, but now we got to play like Zion. Or we got a shot, but oh my goodness, uh, here's uh, here's North Carolina and they're stacked to the gills. It's not that this year. And it's not that. And this is not just speaking for Syracuse. This is speaking for anybody out there. I know Luke said he thinks eight or nine teams are going to make the tournament. That's, that's not happening. The numbers say that's not. So there are going to be some teams that are capable of doing damage in March that are going to need to win the ACC tournament to have that opportunity this year. And I think that's going to make it, in many ways, way more interesting than it would be on a normal season. Always good to hear from Scooter, though, and always good to talk a little hoops and football there. With that, we'll take a break. little run through the 411 in the 315 when we come back. Donnie Abrams, talking BC at 330. That's the show. There's the show. Back after this on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Indeed, here I am. Then there's Len. Whatever happened to Len? It's a good sunshiny. It is a sunny day in the queues. It's just chilly out there today. Bundle up, people. Weather on the threes on this Groundhog Day. But moving along here on the day. So we got a few news and nuggets out there. A few little uh, little nuggets of information to get to right now. So let's do that. Here's the 411. Hello and welcome to Movie Fun. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press 1. <laughs> oh wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. In the 315. So you're going to be doing that all week, right? Nah. Oh, yeah. It's time for the 411 in the 315. All right, here's what's going on. Few uh, football, few basketball nuggets to pass along. Uh, the Syracuse football team, we mentioned this a weeks ago now, but it is now officially, officially, officially official. Travis Fisher, formerly of the Nebraska staff, uh, he was the coach to be named later in the uh, the trade with Nebraska that has had a lot of moving parts. Man had to go to the commissioner's office, their players back and forth, and coaches and GAs, and huh, 
the salary cap and the whole thing. Like this was a big multi-piece trade. And I believe it has finally been completed. Travis Fisher is the newest coach on Dino Baber's staff. He will coach the secondary, or at least the corners, I think. And uh, more likely than not, uh, looks to be the guy that will recruit Florida. So that is important uh, going forward. Uh, Dino Babers just has uh, one more staff opening available at uh, this point. I believe that uh, my understanding is that should be wrapped up sooner than later. Uh, But uh, Travis Fisher, welcome aboard. Elsewhere in the football world of Syracuse football, former now kicker, now finally former kicker, Andre Schmidt was here for a minute now. Folks, if you are looking for something to do tonight, if you are really, 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 really stretched for ideas, I'll tell you what's on the NFL Network at 8.30 tonight. The East-West Shrine game. And you know who one of the kickers in the game is? Andre Schmidt. I'd assume he's on the East. I don't know. I don't know how they do these things. They, they, they lack for kickers in these games. Andre's in multiple All-Star games. He's just kicking his leg off. But uh, he gets to go to Vegas. Vegas, baby. That's where Schmidt is right now. The game's at uh, Allegiant Stadium tonight, the home of the Raiders. Uh, So Andre Schmidt will be kicking for one of the teams, I'm guessing the East. I have not looked it up, but it would make sense if Schmidt was on the East. But Andre Schmidt, 830 tonight, NFL Network, will be in the East-West Shrine game. A uh, local football nugget from the high school level, CBA, friend of the show, Bruce Williams, offensive coordinator there, is quarterback Jordan Ray, if he was a few inches taller. He would have gotten some bigger time offers and feel bad. Like he missed um he missed the end of the playoffs. He missed the sectional title game, hurt, got hurt in the sectional semifinals and CBA lost. And you know, for a lot of reasons, they didn't have their gunslinger. They had been just a ridiculous offense this season, even outpacing the one that uh, Bruce played in statistically with Greg Paulus at quarterback. Uh but Jordan Ray on signing day yesterday going to Albany. So that's a, a nice little move for Jordan. Albany a traditionally reasonably successful. FCS program and Jordan Ray is going there. His uh, high school teammates and wide out and defensive back Amari Pitts is going to Central Connecticut State. So uh, congratulations to two CBA brothers making their football destinations known yesterday. And in uh, Orange basketball recruiting news, yet another top 100 recruit. He was here at the game on Monday. Not courtside. He was just there. That's okay, too. Marcus Adams, he's a top 70 guy. He has Syracuse and is now announced Top five of Cuse, Oregon, UCLA, Mississippi State, and Texas. So he's got like all the big conferences and everywhere. The coasts, uh, Austin. He's going to get weird in Austin. He's been to Stark Vegas. And he'll be back in the Cuse in a few weeks, uh, perhaps sitting courtside, where his now potentially fellow commit, Elijah Moore, set a few weeks ago. So those guys are for the class of 2024, though there is some scuttlebutt out there that Mr. Adams, I think he's a 6'8 forward guy, uh, may reclassify to the class of 2023. Maybe, just maybe, if the opportunity uh, presents. So we'll keep an eye on uh, that recruiting news going forward. With that, we'll take a break. We don't need to talk recruiting news. We'll talk current basketball news when we come back. Donya Abrams, former BC star, current BC color analyst, will tell us about Syracuse and, you guessed it, BC. They play Saturday in Chestnut Hill. We'll talk to Donya when we, we come back after this. It's QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio.